Je m'appelle Adam. <laughs> What's up? This is Requiem for Tuesday. I am Adam Pecora for those uh, less educated than I. Uh, that was what I said at the beginning. That's my name. Hello. Thanks for listening. Here we are. Uh, we're doing some French and French adjacent things today. Palm do d palm d'or. I think is how you say it. Palm door, the palm door. Uh, you know, there's no right way to do it for me, so I'll be saying it many ways. I'm sure throughout this episode. Pay no mind, please. Um. Pay me some money, rfat.bigcartel.com, if you want some slick tote bags. I got you covered. Uh, <laughs> you can find music, Multiplex, Wolf X, available on every streaming platform. Uh, Bandcamp as well, YouTube, maybe, I don't know. We got music. Uh, you can find this show on Apple, Spotify, all the, 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 the hot apps, iHeartRadio, Audible. Uh, there's probably more, uh, subscribe, give me a rating, give me a review, say you love me, um, not so I can feel validated, so I can not be buried digitally, uh, not going well thus far. It's, it's this weird thing where like the, a, a calendar change really does m- matter and i don't understand why like for this type of stuff because the days just keep going and they're all independent releases so i don't know but new month every time it's reburied and then you have to like work your way up it's odd and then new year good luck it has been brutal They're basically, I don't know. There's this weird suppression thing that definitely happens. Because I also notice if I share one of my own episodes on Instagram to my dozens of followers, it is suppressed. Like, there are just simply less people viewing the story than just a story of any photo of anything else. Even... Maybe it's just like screenshots and links don't do as well because I feel like screenshots. I, I I should play with more screenshots and see how that does. Um, but if you just reshare a post or post your own photo from like your library or take one, whatever. No, I don't know because it definitely knows what's in the photo because the screenshots of the episodes don't. I don't know what it is. But it knows what is in that picture and it just like is like no one will listen to this podcast and the internet will make sure of it. Like all of these forms are working together against me. And that's definitely what's actually happening and not an irrational thought because I don't have as many listeners as I'd like. It's definitely for real. 
I'm telling you guys, <laughs> the numbers go way up and then a new month happens and they go way back down. Basically, so it's a wash every time. It's very strange. So anyway, there's that tangent. I just ripped the bong right before this episode. So little scattered. Rate, review, subscribe. Get these numbies up. Share the episodes. Hey, fun experiment. Why don't you guys share my new episodes and then see if you get less views on your stuff? <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a thing. Anyway, my mouth is dry. So let's go into it. We're doing Palm Dior winners today. Um, number one, we're going to do Anatomy of a Fall, the most recent Palm Dior winner. And then we're going to do a little movie called Apocalypse Now. Ever heard of it? Loser. Uh, I I just saw it for the first time. <laughs> so, yeah, that'll be fun. With the correlation there, simply the Palme d'Or. Uh, I guess you could say Apocalypse Now is at its 35th anniversary. Excuse me, 45th anniversary. That's crazy. Or whatever. I guess it will, you know, it like will be this summer, but it's close enough. I don't give a shit. <laughs> uh, and I guess I also watched Hearts of Darkness, the, the famed making of documentary about Apocalypse Now. So I guess I'll just be referencing that along the way as well. Uh, but no, no real need to do that on its own. I feel like they go obviously very hand in hand. So uh, let's get into it. Shall we? Finally? Just rambled for five minutes? Jesus. It's like sometimes you're just like, man, these episodes really fly by after you're done recording it. And then it's like, well, yeah, no shit. <laughs> you won't you're just rambling about nothing for 35 minutes. It goes by quickly. If you, man, you just shut the fuck up and focus, you know? I know. <laughs> uh,. Anatomy of a Fall. Uh, look, let's just get this out of the way right now. Uh, you know, nobody likes French people, right? Like, we're all just in agreement with that. Like, fuck them. That's like the American thing. And look, I used to just do it as a bit. I, I mean, I still just do it as a bit. Frankly, I'm completely ignorant to everything about France. I don't know anything about the country. They, you know, there's revolutions a lot. Anytime anything happens remotely, they all panic and cry and over protest and whatever and uh they don't work as much and they eat bread and smoke cig and you know like stereotypes i can start naming i guess is the thing after that uh there's art stuff and fashion stuff you know that's about it normandy france uh <laughs> Uh, Disney Paris is a thing, but that's basically like an army base. I feel like for us, that's a, that's, that's an American thing. Uh, yeah. So I just don't know a lot. Don't really care either. I know that they lose in the war all the time and we win. So, you know, I don't care what happens to losers. I'm just kidding. But. 
you know, not a lot, I guess. <laughs> like, uh, there's truth to these jokes. No, I'm, I'm, I'm still just kidding. Uh, France, yeah, they're the worst. I just, I don't like them. Escargot, <laughs> you can escargot to hell. Am I right, brothers? Now, those are some fine people, the Wright brothers. USA, baby. Let's go. You ever, ever been? Fuck Paris. I'm going to Ohio. I'm going to Kettering, Ohio. Where I can get a fucking cheeseburger. I don't know what I'm... Again, I, I don't know. <laughs> Let, let's move on. Uh, so, yeah, I, I guess I don't... I, I, my point, I guess, is what I was trying to say is I'm predisposed to not get the hype for this movie, which I did not. I mean, what are we talking about here? Like, this was a decent, good movie. Like, this was a high-level mid-movie. This was, like, as prestige as a mid-movie can get. But the ceiling on this fucking thing is mid. Like, there's no... There's no greatness in this at all. This one, the Palme d'Or, that's a home field advantage, ladies and gentlemen. That's what this is. Anybody who thinks this has any real Oscar contendership contention, yeah, I don't know. Outside of best foreign language film, I think is out of their fucking mind. And if they truly are, then the Oscars are completely jumping the shark. On what? I don't know. But. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I'm not upset that I saw the movie. It was a good movie. Like, it was just a good movie. Like, that's fine. I'm upset at the level to which it is being blown out of proportion. Uh, wonderful direction, great cinematography. I mean, uh, you know, for what it is, for being a mostly indoor film, with beautiful scenery when it is outdoors, granted. Um, I, I'm not, I was, I was, you're always visually engaged. There's a lot of quick cuts, just well framed things. Uh, and, you know, the Alps, real nice. Do I know where those are? No. You know, I don't understand the geography of any place, really. I mean, geography, I can, like, I can remember where names should be on a map, but I don't know how to gauge distance or anything like that. Uh, and that's in America. Uh, you put me in a place. I mean, I can get a sense of direction and, like, a few things here and there, but where are the Alps? I mean crazy i don't know where the ozarks are like i know where they are they're a lot in missouri but like tell me to name the states in which that range goes and like from what point to what point i have no idea appalachian mountains no idea it's like virginia to new york or something but never seen them how is that possible <laughs> I've no I've no idea. I don't this doesn't even make sense. This wasn't <laughs> none of that was the point that I was even trying to make about geography. 
or whatever I was saying. So whatever. <laughs> Point is, don't know where the Alps are. Don't know Europe. There's 5,000 countries in Europe somehow. It makes no sense to me. Uh, like, stop joking around. Like, take yourself seriously. <laughs> oh, this is off the rails already, ladies and gentlemen. All right. So, first of all, a lot of people saying that the movie is mostly in English. It isn't. What a lie. Uh, that's bullshit. Everyone that's telling you that is not telling you the truth. Uh, the movie makes you think it's going to be mostly in English. And then the second they get to the courtroom, mind you, it's a courtroom movie. Uh, they're like, you must speak in French in this courtroom because we're in France which is awful. It's just awful that I'm watching it. <laughs> There's a look at people in, in France. Could you imagine being subjected to such torture as just setting foot in such a horrible, stinky little place? <laughs> so anyway, it's not in French. Or it's not in English. The, movie's in Fr the movie is 70% in French. They lied. That's upsetting. Number one. So the movie opens. This lady is being interviewed by some other lady. Uh, they may, you know, perfect setup for exposition. She's a novelist. She's the protagonist of the movie. She's trying to be interviewed. Her husband is playing real loud music. She has to kick the interviewer out. Instantly doesn't make sense to me. Um... The lady's like, I have all the time. Don't worry about time. But they can't just go somewhere. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? She's like, I have all the free time. Don't even worry about putting a clock to this. And then within one minute, dude's blasting music. And she just goes, Welp, that's how it is. Guess you gotta go. Uh yeah. She explains that, like, this is, like, what he does and that uh, this is what happens in this house. So I will not be asking him to turn it down or something for, like, as if that's somehow valid. And then is just like, guess you got to go. Despite being very clear that she wanted to continue the interview. Like, it was just odd right away. It's like that your logic is incredibly flawed to be like, I want to keep doing this interview and I'll take as much time as you'd like. And then she's like, uh, but oh well, goodbye. Anyway, then she leaves. And then the, they have a blind kid who I didn't realize the kid was blind for way too long. But I think that was on me. He comes back from the dog walk. They have a nice little walk in the Alps. Seems chill. He didn't enjoy the view. Selfish kid. Didn't even know. Can't even appreciate what he has. Uh -huh. Comes back. His father's dead. Laying out in the front yard. Bleeding out. Uh, you know, you're just kind of like, all right, whatever. Didn't meet this guy. 
but I'm guessing we'll like deduce from here and that'll be fun and this will be a little like unraveling of a mystery. Uh, spoiler alert, it's not. Kinda, kinda disappointing. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. So then it's basically just like she gets a lawyer and then they're instantly in trial because I don't know if that's France or if we're just speeding things up or how it works. Uh, Apparently in French court, you have to wear stupid little outfits. I don't know what that was about. They're they're wearing like pillow pants and frilly shirts and they look fucking ridiculous. I'm assuming that's just how it is, but. The fact that you're going to try to tell me this is a courtroom drama, the guy's dressed like a fucking playing card. (laughs) Like, it's like absurd. Uh, Just grow up, France. Yeah, we wear dumb robes. It is dumb, but, you know, at least it's black, you know. A judge could be rocking Rick Owens, technically. You'd have no idea. (laughs) They might be balling out. I mean, anyway. Uh, and there's like five judges. There all there's all these mediators and whatnot. It's not a jury process, which whatever. I I'm not trying to say our court system makes more sense. Uh, outfit wise, a hundred percent makes more sense. What I'm saying is, you know, this is for French people. I don't know what's happening here. I don't know what the roles of these things are. And so just whatever. I just assume everybody's the judge. Like, there's six judges. It's like America's got talent there, which, hey, that's fine. And the, the silly outfit guy is like the prosecutor. And he's he might be the best actor in the whole movie, but basically just because he he just is very intense and gets to rattle off all the clever lawyer lines and cross examination stuff. So he he just got like a really meaty part, but the guy nailed it having to wear such a silly outfit. Um, And the courtroom stuff is like riveting. It would be much better if I could just understand the language, I'm sure. But I was still locked in. Like, the performance was great. Uh, The score for this movie was good. Uh, You know, in every technical way, a very solid film. But basically, they're slowly revealing through all of the... (laughs) What is it? Not the deliberation. Whatever. Through all the questioning, I don't know what word I was trying to think of there, but throughout the trial, they're slowly revealing things about the relationship. Basically, the husband was jealous of her because she was successful as a writer and he was never able to be blah, 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 like nobody cares. Uh, And that she was overpowering his life, whatever. I don't know what that means. They didn't even really get into detail about that as far as I can remember. Uh, the, The wife fucked some lady, which is like, Aren't you French, dude? Like, that's a problem. I thought that was a thing there. So that's just confusing. And also, like, if a chick cheats on you with a chick, it's not really cheating unless she leaves you. Then it's like, yeah, you got cheated on. Otherwise, it's just, you know, whatever. Your wife's fun, right? (laughs) She got crazy. 
then they reveal that like he tried to kill himself because he was on antidepressants and then chose to stop but he tried to do it with aspirin or ibuprofen which is like I think you'd have to take like 400 of those like they looked like prescription ones but still the dude took like a bottle of them I'm pretty sure you would just get your stomach pumped like that would be like a slow agonizing death if anything like that's not I don't know not a doctor here but it's just like that's it that's how he whatever uh and it's like oh okay and then they're basically like analyzing because it's like some weird a-frame house and basically they're trying to say like well did he slip and fall out and then hit his head on the shed or did someone hit his head to knock him out of the window and the wife was just like i went to sleep i had earplugs in because he blasts music which is a you know a solid alibi i was blasting music Uh, frankly, I'm just like, I don't really care because I understand not having the backstory for the husband and that's how an easy way to have mystery. There's no backstory for the wife. So I don't really give a shit if she did it or not. You know, it just doesn't matter to me at all what happened here. Like trying to uncover a mystery is interesting. Of course, it always works. Uh, but I'm not rooting for this lady in any way. And then the blind kid comes in and he like blatantly lied about his testimony. So then they like they let him then come back and give more testimony, which is like it, they proved that he lied. Like they they recreated what he said happened and he proved that he could not hear the parents over the loud music basically. Uh, because he was trying to claim that they weren't fighting before he left, but it was recorded that they were fighting before he left to walk the dog. And he was like, no, they weren't fighting. I was right here. Blah, 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 blah. And so they recreate the music to the same decibel level. The kid can't hear a fucking thing. Why is he allowed to give more testimony? They know he's a liar. Doesn't make any sense. I blame France again. So then the kid comes back and he's he's under some like weird like child guardian testimony babysitter. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know. And the lady's basically like, don't tell them what happened. Tell them what you believe. Uh, and then the kid is just like, one time my dad told me when the, when the, oh, no, 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 I left out a whole point. I left out a whole part here. Right. So the dad tried to kill himself with aspirin. He throws up aspirin. The dog eats the vomit, thus then gets sick off aspirin. It doesn't kill the dog either, right, because that's not going to happen. The dog then gets very sick and throws up and whatever. So the kid 
Oh, to prove that the mom was telling the truth about the dad trying to kill himself. Feeds the dog a bunch of aspirin to see if the dad actually took a bunch of aspirin. Because if the dog acts the same after having eaten his puke, then that means aspirin makes the dog sick. It's like, what? And then he testifies that in court. It's like, this kid should be in fucking prison. He experimented on his dog by by seeing if it would get deathly ill again from an overdose of medicine. Like, everything about that's crazy. Just giving your dog a bunch of medicine is crazy. And then the fact that you're hoping it'll get sick like it did before, which of course it'll get sick. If it's a suicidal amount of pills, you're like, what? And we're all just supposed to be like, that's chill. Good effort by that kid. What clever detective work to almost murder his dog and put it through a hell that it's already survived absolute insanity and then he goes yeah one time in the car my dad gave me a speech about the dog when it was sick from eating those pills and he's like you need to learn how to deal with losing a loved one basically the dad was like listen buddy i'm gonna kill myself so you need to fucking deal with it if you thought this dog almost dying is sad just wait till i do it and it's like oh cool so somehow that's a fact in a trial and then the lady's acquitted and it's basically like completely unresolved in every way it doesn't seem like the lady did it it seemed like he killed himself but whatever i don't care either way and then there's also a possibility that he just fell on accident Uh, not a good movie, like to the hype level. Again, the ending, not a good ending, literally a bad ending. Didn't care for it. And everybody like that thinks they're fucking highbrow movie snob is like, oh, you don't fucking like an ambiguous ending. It's an ambiguous ending about something I didn't give a fuck about. So they could have at least, you know, put a statement on the end. The kids gives the dog a bunch of pills crime solved what what nonsense is this this is what happens in european court you should be ashamed of yourselves <laughs> not not a good ending mid movie you know whatever just a big whatever the hype train off the rails you guys are lunatics for like this is what we're saying this one, the Palm Dior. Listen, Palm Dior doesn't have a track record of being like right a lot, uh, but seems like a safe pick still. Either way, uh, maybe something in the translation flew completely over my head, uh, but this was just a fine movie. So there's that. And now we travel forty-five years into the past to another film that won the Palm Dior. Francis Ford Coppola's Apocalypse Now. I'd never seen this. Got the urge, the yearning to accompany these two films together. With the Oscars coming up. 
the anniversary coming up, which I technically just put together right now as I was recording this episode, it only seemed appropriate for me to do both. Um, Apocalypse Now, an immensely better film than Anatomy of a Fall. Call me brave for that one. Noted for its troubled production, uh, like a 300-day shoot or something, and then like a two-year edit. Uh, Set rained out by a monsoon, had to completely rebuild it. Helicopters were being hijacked. Not hijacked. They were literally on loan from the Korean or the Filipino army who then needed them like actively. They're like, we we don't have extra helicopters. So like we're going to need these. Uh, what else? Martin Sheen has a heart attack is out for weeks on end. Uh, Marlon Brando shows up incredibly overweight, completely unprepared. Uh, there's no ending to the movie. Reshoots after reshoots. A whole bunch. Just a whole bunch. Everything's nuts. And. Look. It's it's like the quintessential Vietnam movie. You see why. I mean everything that I've seen. That references Vietnam. I want to say came out after this. Outside of I guess the deer hunter. Uh, which, you know, wasn't mostly not set there, I would say. But anyway, they all they all echo the same thing, which basically makes me feel like I understand what Vietnam was like, I guess. Obviously not like I could imagine what it's like to have been there. My point is another seemingly accurate portrayal of Vietnam. Because there's a reason why everything else reminds me of this. It must have been somewhat horrifically how this was. Seems like a total nightmare, basically. Which means, seems like shooting this thing was a total nightmare. Because these boys were just out in the jungle for months on end. This is what I'm trying to get at. I could not even imagine filming Apocalypse Now, let alone being in the Vietnam War. Uh, Every depiction of it is a horror show so really seems like the worst time ever obviously not literally look we're not going to get into the submit let's rank which wars were the worst to be a part of uh anyway (laughs) so basically this movie is a guy's journey up a river within vietnam to assassinate some rogue guy who has, like, taken over a village in Cambodia with natives, it seems like, and some U.S. people, like, jumped ship, went AWOL with him. Uh, Martin Sheen is that guy. He's basically, like, a quiet observer of everything and like the movie just happens around him and the guy he's after is Marlon Brando Colonel Kurtz and yeah he just goes through a bunch of crazy vignettes I guess uh, like checkpoints on his it's like a journey movie 
I don't know. Any any movie about a mission, they're in one setting and then they're in, you know, a transitional period in motion. Then they get to a new place, there's a new cast of characters, then they move on and, you know, whatever. X, X checkpoint, X checkpoint until the end. Uh, a very harrowing, crazy journey. Honestly, there's a fuck ton of incredible shots in this movie. I forgot to speak on the budget of this. It was supposed to be like $15 million. Coppola just kept taking out loan after loan and like completely staking every possible thing he could to continue to raise money like the budget ended up being like 20 like the budget was supposed to be 15 and ended up being like 35 million dollars like he more than doubled it and it was just insane obviously for the shoot to continue for that long and all of that uh but just incredible shots over and over and over and over again and you know they basically burned an entire jungle down they blew shit up they did everything practical because i mean there weren't other options really uh just insane shit the entire time just mesmerizing for then for now either way uh the shit they're doing in in helicopters shooting helicopters just crazy uh overlay stuff with film really impressive just a whole lot going on could not could not be better shot truly uh this movie goes by faster than an enemy will fall about the same length they're both about two and a half hours um yeah like just a ride right first off they go through robert duvall is just this fucking awesome guy just throwing 100 miles an hour. All they're doing is like invading places, bombing the place, securing a perimeter so they can go surfing. And well, they're doing it to move Martin Sheen like to where he needs to go. But obviously he needs to go through like a bunch of hot areas with a ton of active combat to get to the end goal, right? Uh, so yeah, just an insane scene. They fucking blow up a helicopter there's a whole bunch of crazy shit I, I you know go watch apocalypse now i don't need to do the summary it's been out forever amazing stuff then they then he gets onto a boat with an insane cast of characters they're all lunatics uh they almost get eaten by a tiger then there's a bunch of arrows shot at them one guy gets harpooned i'm leaving a bunch out but it's just nuts you know you see the craziest shit um, and it's basically like, that's what war is, right? Like there's camaraderie, you're with your boys. Then all of a sudden you're getting ambushed and three guys die and it's horrific. And then you just have to keep moving on and you're back to like, ah, oh, somebody's got to make spam now and we got to like do stuff. But it's like, you know, anyway, and you're in the jungle and it's raining for 17 straight days and you're just miserable and you'll never, you know, you're going insane slowly. On top of everything. Uh, so then, whatever. They eventually make it there. And this is my gripe about the movie, right? Is that the whole movie, they're they're hyping up this Colonel Kurtz about how crazy he is. And how everything that's going on is so crazy up there. And, like, basically, he's like a dictator of, like, a small army. 
and all it is he's so evil he's so accomplished like within the military like for him to leave rank and do all this crazy stuff and it's all this hype train and we've seen all this crazy stuff and they've gotten through so much hell just to get to the point that they're at that the ending is incredibly anticlimactic now, I understand that it's supposed to be based off of this novel and like, you know, whatever. I don't care about that because I think it nails most of that stuff anyway. But what bothers me is that this guy is supposed to be this like military giant expert, evil man, gone mad and whatever. And they just don't depict any of that. And part of it I get is just literally because Marlon Brando was super fat and they needed to keep him like off camera as much as possible but the framing of it is cool they make him seem very evil and mysterious and it's just like a shadowy shot of his face up close it's just that nothing he says really makes me feel any of the things we've heard about the character like he does like a really intense monologue and it's pretty good just doesn't blow me away he doesn't do anything I mean, I guess he does something evil, like they cut off another guy's head and bring it to the guy, while he, to Martin Sheen, while he's imprisoned. But basically, they just he just lets him kill him, and it's just dumb. It's just dumb. And the argument is like, he's fit to take over for him because he's just as crazy and just as accomplished, and or whatever, and the people are willing to accept him, and that he's also like dying slowly, as alluded to. And so he's willing to let someone worthy kill him so he can take over for him. And since he's crazy, that makes sense. Whatever. I've read all those arguments, all those arguments you could technically make and that they would make sense. The ending just isn't satisfying. Just because you can explain it to me doesn't mean that it's satisfying. And it initially didn't make sense. And I read a thing and I'm like, okay, now it makes more sense. I just still don't like it. I just still don't like it. Um... And then he's like tempted to stay or leave. But it's just like they didn't they weren't in his little camp long enough to justify any of that stuff. You don't learn enough about it, truly. Um, You don't really see anyone like worship him in any real way, I guess. Um, I don't know. It's basically like, okay, the whole movie's apocalypse now and we're, we're in a reality, like we're in the Vietnam War, like we're trying to show you what the United States soldiers went through. And then at the end, we're just in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And we, <laughs> we just cut straight to the ending of Temple of Doom when you save everybody, and that's it. And now he filmed an entire another ending where they blow up shit and people come in and there's a whole back and forth and whatever and he just didn't want to end it that way for whatever reason whatever i don't know that that ending's better it probably is just because of how cinematic i'm sure it was and it felt bigger and whatever because this wasn't like some statement against vietnam in the ending it was just trying to be a like hearts of darkness more adjacent ending i guess because that was the original idea couldn't tell you whatever the fuck put in the more expensive ending that you wasted money on uh they cut out other big shit he edited like an like hours and hours worth of film footage uh they cut that back into the like redux version that's you know three and a half hours or whatever 
I was good on that. This wasn't like a Blade Runner situation where you need to see the more extended cut. Now, I'm interested in seeing the extra footage. Maybe I'll watch that separately now, you know. But um, truly an incredible achievement, undeniably, and a masterpiece. But the ending, disappointing nonetheless. But the journey to get there was so fucking unbelievable. A little slow at the beginning with the Harrison Ford cameo, though, which was nice. But appropriately builds towards an incredible, amazing journey. Like, the fact that they... And honestly, watching Hearts of Darkness, the documentary, truly made me appreciate it so much more. And I do think that's my biggest takeaway from the whole thing is watch them both. I've been hearing that a lot, which is lately. I don't know why. Just by chance, I guess it's been coming up. Maybe because the anniversary is coming up. More people have been talking about it. It made so much more sense to me after after watching the documentary. I didn't think the documentary was like truly that good on its own. I think if you were to watch it first, you wouldn't get it as much. But as a companion piece, it really puts the whole movie into perspective from like a technical aspect and like what they were going through and just like the day to day, even let alone the scope Uh, and the technical aspect of it. I can't even fathom trying to deal with and just watching the frantic insanity of Coppola being a genius and collapsing within his own brain. Uh, Fascinating. And, yeah, so watch them both. That's my thing. But watch the movie first and the documentary after, or you're not going to get anything out of it. Um, it'll also spoil the, the ending and shit and all that type of stuff. Um, but, yeah, you know, you do hear that a lot. Like, people, the, the, the production's better than the more fascinating than the movie. Uh, nah, the movie... To me, the ending is a glaring thing, but the movie is so good and it's so brief, the part that is glaring, that it's like three minutes out of two and a half hours that it's a rare case where something that is that big of a deal is that disappointing still holds up as a masterpiece, I would say. Absolutely iconic movie. And even having not seen it before... It already was everything I thought of when I thought of Vietnam. It was somehow this movie, and I hadn't even seen this movie, because everybody else was just doing this movie. It was like, when once you see Heat, and you see every heist that happens in every medium after Heat, they're just doing one or two of those heists in everything. Um. So yeah, the Palme d'Or double feature... Technically triple feature complete. Thanks for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen. I thought maybe I was going to do my Adam Hates Boston episode, but I think I'm going to save that one. That's going to be a back pocket episode for a rainy day uh, because I won't forget those takes. I'm not going to lose those takes. Uh, Anatomy of a Fall hype train is just reaching an all time high. The Oscars are coming up soon. Uh, So maybe I'll do some more Oscars preview next week. You know, try to do like 
more nominated movies up until the big day, which I think isn't for three weeks, something like that. Um, so we'll see. I'm figuring out what the plan is there. Uh, yeah. Watch that documentary. Read more about Apocalypse Now. I could, I'm sure there's like a really good long book that I'm forgetting what the name of it is that I now want to read, but I've definitely heard of it, which, hey, that's something, right? I've heard of a book before. Uh, that's how intellectual this guy is. So thanks for tuning in once again. Uh, please rate, review, and subscribe to Requiem for a Tuesday. Please, please, please follow me on Instagram at adam.rfat. Uh, share the episodes. Let's get these numbers up. 2024, we're trying to go big and beyond where we have been before. Only one way to do that. That's with you guys. So drink your vitamins or eat your vitamins, drink your milk. Is that what it is? Whatever. Uh, and remember, I are fat. You are fat. We are fat. I calculate the most of the